I'm sure you are one of those uh, customers of his underwear brand. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I should have insured his tongue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got he's, the yeah. sexiest man looks. I think he's the sexiest man on this list, probably. तेरा बाप का सड़क है क्या? Hi guys, welcome to All About Sports, the podcast. We are back again with another episode. Uh, you guys are joined. Uh, uh, you guys are joined by Rishab, Mazhar, and myself, Shubham. Our fourth co-host uh, is, is he's not joining us today. uh but he'll be there in subsequent episodes again uh today's podcast we will be discussing money uh we will be discussing a lot to do with uh different athletes and their earnings that they have made in, in in their career span in different sports uh we will be specifically looking at a few sports and we'll be uh deep diving into uh, the highest earning athletes in those respective sports of all time uh so now before we get into the, the discussion before we start uh, looking at different athletes and and specific sports uh the most important thing i think first we need to understand is the amount of money that's been uh put into sports the influx of sports sponsorship across the world uh that has definitely had sort of a large impact on athletes earnings uh now i interestingly interestingly came across um an article that mentioned by 2025 the sports sponsorship market globally will be worth 86.6 billion dollars the number itself is crazy so that just shows how much money is being put into sports in 2019 46 billion dollars was invested in sports now 2020 obviously saw a decline because of covid uh, so so that doesn't really give us a the perfect sense of what's happening in 2020 because it's a pandemic but generally the sports sponsorship market has been growing year on year uh, a study done by kpmg they found that the uh, that the football sports uh, sponsorship industry now only based out of europe is worth 3.3 billion dollars um in india sports sponsorship has grown massively in india also where around 9000 crores which will be a, like definitely north of a billion dollars is being invested in sports sponsorship uh the nba in 1819 season had 1.2 billion dollars in sports sponsorship so it just shows that a lot of big companies some of the biggest brands in the world are putting a lot of money in uh in different sports in different leagues and obviously this money trickles down to athletes uh because of which certain athletes uh through their salaries and uh, prize winnings at the same time through sponsorship deals are today billionaires or multi millionaires so that is something that we'll be discussing today and i would like mazhar and rishab to join in what do you guys firstly think about the global sports sponsorship market and then how do you what's your take on how this sports sponsorship market has impacted athletes well, that's a that's a great point shivam and i think it flows nicely into Uh, how the breakdown of top paid athletes is broken down by sport um at the end of the day athletes make a lot when we look at the numbers that athletes receive from a sport it sounds like a huge number but it really pales in comparison for most athletes other than very individual uh, based sports it most of their earnings come from sponsorships and i think that flows in pretty nicely mars even to i think your breakdown of how each sports um icon is featured on the forbes 100 list i would think So I actually have a really nice slide ready and set to really that displays exactly how much each sport earns or sorry how each player in each sport earns into the Forbes 2020 list of the top 100 sports people now there's a proper breakup of how each sport has contributed to let's say the earnings of players 
and out of those top 100 how many in each spot are a part of that list and some surprising numbers in there uh, i'll just pull that up right now so if you can see this uh, quite clearly basketball takes the crop it's the only one where if you see they have 35 players who basically are a part of the top 100 as per the Forbes 2020 list that was released by them earlier this year. It contributes to $1.2 billion in terms of earnings for these players. This includes the likes of LeBron James, Kevin Durant leading the way as uh, firstly. Sur surprisingly, American football is second. And uh, in fact, if you look at it, the NFL you would have thought literally two years back was one of those suffering sports you didn't expect it to actually it was on the decline for sure losing viewership a lot of players getting concussed because of the nature of the sport but uh, i guess patrick mahomes and all of these newcomer quarterbacks have made a huge difference to the sport and quite clearly uh, 31 of them contributing to 926 million dollars in terms of earnings on that Forbes list is utterly ridiculous. So, so if you look at that, just these two sports, they contribute to two-thirds of the total uh, top 100 earnings in sports for players. Then, no surprises on what's third. It's football, that's soccer, uh, as the Americans call it. 14 players there. Again, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo leading the way. You have Lionel Messi next. You have Neymar and Mbappe. All four of them are way ahead of all the others in terms of football earnings uh, out of those 14. Tennis has been fairly consistent. They had five players last year. They have six this time. Uh, Federer, in fact, earned the most in 2020 amongst all athletes, at least so far. Uh, he actually is on course or probably already has broken the... Uh, the $1 billion earnings list for sports people. Very few athletes have made it to that list. So he joins another milestone club, uh, so to speak. Boxing and MMA has been club because there's only one MMA fighter on this list. And he's from the UFC. Everyone knows him, Conor McGregor. Um, again, he made a lot of his money from that one boxing bout with against Floyd Mayweather. So uh, that's there. Uh, golf, well, four players. The number used to be much higher during the times of peak Tiger Woods because he had a few of his rivals then. Rory McIlroy, Will Mickelson, they all cover this. Um, racing, it's such an expensive sport, but seems like racers don't earn that much. Lewis Hamilton's the highest currently. Uh, they contribute around $119 million in terms of earnings, these three specifically, which is a significant amount actually but for a sport that spends so much you'd expect much more money coming in and you know how many sponsors they have on their cars so it's um, high expenses well obviously so a lot of their money does come for from sponsorships for these racers at least baseball has taken a huge huge hit baseball had 15 players in the top 100 of forbes list last year and now they have won. In, uh, it's, it's crazy. And uh, that was quite a shocker right there. 
and there's only one player on that top 100 list from cricket and it's india's very own virat kohli so uh, this is the entire sort of top 100 list per sport and now i would like to open up the discussion further with you guys on who's on the highest in each sport uh, all time hey are you like us and trying to make your own podcast but aren't really sure where to get started Well when we first began we didn't really know how to get our podcast out there to the hundreds of different podcast platforms that's where anchor comes in anchor's your one stop shop for all things podcasting from start to finish it allows you to record and edit your podcast and then when you're ready to publish distributes it to a ton of podcasting platforms including spotify and apple podcasts once you've posted your episode anchor tracks listening across platforms and graphs your performance across countries age groups and platforms that's how we know that 4% of our listeners are in hong kong if you're listening from hong kong right now well thank you and anchor is totally free to get started download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm that's a n c h o r .fm to get started now back to the pod you know one thing that you mentioned and i would like our viewers to know or uh, like if if all of you who were looking at this at this screen you guys will see like how mazar mentioned basketball and american football they have 66 athletes right up there and if you include baseball also then then become 67 now these sports are sports which are generally predominantly most viewed and played in north america and like i mentioned previously uh, in 2019 the sports sponsorship market was to was 46 billion dollars and i think 2018 or 2019 the north american Now, forty-six billion dollars, guys, is the global market that I was talking about, and the North American market for twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen was seventeen billion dollars. So that is literally thirty-six, thirty-seven percent. So uh, I think that that clearly uh, uh, the amount of money that's invested in North American sports via sponsors, we can see that uh, in the athletes list that Mazar Mazar just shared, because out of the top hundred, I think like what sixty-six, sixty-seven are North American athletes. So that clearly shows the majority of the North American market. After that, you probably have Europe, and then after that, you just have sports like F1 and and tennis, which are not like definitely like continent-driven uh, sports. They are spread out. Uh, but yeah, that was a very interesting thing that you brought up, Mazhar. And um, I think we should totally look into individual sports and um, the highest all-time owners of those sports. So, Krishnan, which sport would you like to start off with first? I'm gonna start off with the one that Mazhar brought up. You know, the one that's leading the list in terms of top hundred currently, basketball. And the reason I want to bring it up is that the the leading owner of all time for that sport is Michael Jordan, the greatest, number twenty three. And I'm really gonna make it quite simple. Um, as a quick recap, Michael Jordan was is considered to be one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest. Um, he played He's considered with Black Jesus. Basically, <laughs> I mean, he called himself that at least twice. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, so so he's an, he's made his money starting off as portraying that image bringing forth that image to america in the 1980s and 1990s and he earned a lot while he was playing i mean his contracts i realized for um for for current day probably pale in comparison but for the time were actually pretty impressive you know for you know if we account for inflation he earned about 93 million um in salary slash winnings but pretty much most of it came in his 1997 and 1998 season where he got these two mega contracts but when you then compare that to his um his his career earnings and his overall net worth it's about his his net worth is 2.2 billion 
So really what he's earned from his sport is a lot, but his net worth is made up of basically two major things. Number one, Air Jordan. Uh, the craziest thing is when he came into the NBA, he was looking to sign with Reebok and his mom asked him to take the meeting with Nike. For those of you who haven't seen Last Dance, definitely a plug for Last Dance. It's a great TV show. Uh, but he ends up taking the meeting with Nike and creates the biggest basketball brand that's ever existed um, with Nike. So most of his earnings that come till this day from his sponsorship point come from Air Jordan. Um, he is an incredible, I mean, that image of him jumping is, is basically synonymous with basketball and synonymous with almost its own brand. Even though it's owned under Nike, you think of it as its own brand. The second biggest thing was a really smart investment. He bought the Charlotte, he's, he's an owner of the Charlotte, at that time Bobcats, now Hornets in the NBA. Um, they're an NBA team. Um, he bumped up his stake that he had to 90% in 2013. And at the time that he bought it, um, he got it for like about 175 million. It was, I think, a little bit of a fire sale at the point at which he, he bought in. At the point that he bumped up to the 90% stake in 2013, the value of the team is now 780 million. So it's massively up. Krishna, uh, sorry, but it's 1.5 billion now. Oh, so even that's old. As for 2020. It's been revised as for 2020. So I just recently saw the numbers. So just adding that. So, so that's what makes it really impressive. And I want to just make a really big point about player owners. That is not something we see in sport and something that's really awesome. Because more often than not, we see players playing under ownerships and tycoons of industry, which I have no issue with. But this is one of the rare occasions where we see a player go on to become an owner, which is completely different than anything. So hats off to Michael Jordan, highest all-paid athlete of all time, and just an incredibly astute, uh, a incredibly astute decision maker when it comes to his business outside sports. Sorry, I'm but you just know, I think in one add... place, I think in one place, I think in one place, Jordan could have been a little smarter. Yeah. Uh, a lot of athletes they are famous for insuring different parts of their body. I think Jordan should have insured his tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way he used it every time he was dunking or doing anything. And for the guys who don't know about this, you guys should see the last dance. You will understand what I mean. But sorry, Mazar, carry on. What were you saying? No, sir, I just wanted to add to the fact that Krishnan said, you know, he's made such smart business decisions. I like the tongue part. That, <laughs> that, that was a bunch of bump. <laughs> but coming back to his smart business decisions and why I really respect Jordan for what a great mind he is, is because he's invested in not only things that make money, he's invested in things that mean something to him. And the proof of that is he invested in Axiomatic, which is the parent company of one of the leading esports teams, Team Liquid. So he's trying to get that element in as well of esports. And he's really sticking to that sports aspect and trying to really do something with it. Uh, he's, he, along with Magic Johnson, has a stake in that. So that's a kudos to him for also moving on with the game and trying to bring something more to the other side of sports as well. Um, another great investment of his that I really appreciate is uh, Sport Radar. Now, if for all of those who don't know what Sport Radar is, it's a Switzerland-based sports data provider. So, again, he's getting in on the data analytics side as well with investments. So, he's really in it for 
the long haul. Um, sports has obviously played an important part, and he's giving back. He's done so much for uh, Black Lives and all of those types of charities as well. So he's really someone to look up to. Yes, the last dance may give you a different opinion, of course, uh, his arrogance and uh, other negative traits that he may have. But I, I guess when you are Michael Jordan, I guess you've earned the right to be that cocky and be a bit outspoken is my only point. So that's the note I'll end so, on. I would, I would like to, uh, uh, Rishabh, one thing that you brought up I thought was very interesting is you very rarely see athletes then become owners, which I think Jordan has done very well. And today, like Mazar mentioned, his uh, franchise is worth $1.5 billion. Um, another athlete who I think has done that very, very well. Uh, now, this athlete is not the highest earner in his respective sport, but he's extremely famous, David Beckham. When he signed for the MLS in 2007, he had a contract. Uh, he had a clause in his contract with the MLS that he would be given the chance to own a franchise. And today he has Inter Miami. So that is, again, just very smart business uh, decisions that he has done. And talking about David Beckham, so obviously he became famous because of football. Now, jumping into football, we have Cristiano Ronaldo, who currently is the highest uh, all-time earning athlete in football. Now, Cristiano Ronaldo in 2019, I think, made $109 million. Uh, his social media following is 450 million, which is the highest across all athletes uh, across the world. Uh, his Juve uh, contract, he, he earns $64 million per annum. Now, what is very interesting is uh, most of his earnings that happen, 44% of that comes from endorsements. Because now, obviously, an athlete like Cristiano Ronaldo has 450 million uh, followers across all social media platforms. Every brand is approaching him. He has tie ups with some of the biggest brands in the world. You take. Uh, Clear, hair care, you take Nike. With Nike, he has a lifetime agreement, which I think is around a billion dollars uh, with tag watches. So, uh, Ronaldo, again, in, in, in the world of football, he's number one. Um, and also, another thing is, he's been very smart with his money and he's also got into real estate. He has hotel properties in Madeira, that is his native island. And I also think across Portugal a little bit. Um, so, yeah, that is, that, that is my take on, on, on football. That is my take on, on Ronaldo, who's the highest all-time. Uh, what do you guys think about it? Do you guys think Ronaldo has, has been smart with his investments? I, I definitely think so. And I think one thing that Ronaldo has in his favor is he is a dream brand image. He is a cocky guy. He is confident. He's got he's, the yeah. sexiest man looks. I think he's the sexiest man on this list, probably. Uh, he has got exactly what you're looking for in a brand, you know. Um, so even if he depreciates in his footballing, in, in if he changes the way he plays football, depreciates in football, as a brand, as a person to have at the forefront of your brand, he absolutely kills it. And I, I just think it's something. And, and, and another thing, another thing for brands, when, when they have a, a brand endorser who's reaching out to so many people, Ronaldo can speak English, Portuguese, Spanish. Uh, English and Spanish are the two most widely used languages across the world. So that is the amount of reach he has. So yeah, like, like, like you mentioned, Krishnan, I think in terms of having the dream brand endorser, probably Ronaldo is right up there. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah, I agree. And Krishnan, sexiest man on this list. I'm sure you are one of those uh, customers of his underwear brand. 100%. 100%. If they were cheaper, I would be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Relax, um, Krishnan. Connor is also his customer, so it's fine. True, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> I earn about as much as Connor, give or take. <laughs> <laughs> 
now that you brought up Conor, guys, I I think I would love to jump in there. Firstly, fun fact: Conor McGregor and I share my, our birthdays. I'm not sure how happy or proud I am of it. Now that you mentioned the underwear <laughs> thing, <laughs> but uh, Conor McGregor is, I think, a revelation for. I would not only say for sport, but in general, how to earn money. I I think Floyd Mayweather came in, and I think I'll cover combat sports now that you may brought it up. Conor McGregor, firstly, is again he created this image. You hate him or you love him, you can't ignore him. That's exactly what Conor McGregor is. He says certain things to to get. that media attention towards him that's how he draws crowds uh, it's for him it's a business i know khabib nurmagomedov and his fight was so big uh, it blew out of proportion became personal because he passed certain comments basically saying his late uh, khabib's late father uh, had some associations with terrorists of or 911 along those lines i'm not going to go into the details but he used all of these narratives got into fighters heads and one, the one thing is he backed it up he's he held two tif, uh, two championships at the same time in different weight uh, categories has the fastest knockout for a championship fight in ufc history he's just one of those who walks the talk and he did that and that helped him earn a lot of money he started his own uh, whiskey brand as well proper 12 which is doing extremely extremely well he just re- recently released an instagram post uh, saying that he hit 1 billion in turnover through his whiskey brand and just put that into perspective and i can just pulling up the numbers for conor mcgregor and how much he has earned so that we know exactly where he stands uh-huh. um, so he's number 16 on the 2020 earnings list uh, so yeah Sorry, Krishnan, you can go ahead. No, no. I was just saying while you're pulling that up, I think you brought a good point of a distinction between team sports between individual sports, and I think that's a good example. You know, when you look at someone like Ronaldo, um, who plays in a team sport, similar for you know maybe a LeBron James, um, a significant portion of their earnings might not really be from the sport itself. It's pretty unlikely. It's in fact mostly endorsement sponsorships. Boxing and UFC are actually a bit unique in that way because I actually think the amount of earnings they get. is actually pretty significant from their fights itself and it's impressive because if you look at someone like floyd mayweather um even from and, and i won't go into that too much but with his fight with with conor specifically um i think he earned he, he earns approximately like 300 million per fight and he earned like 300 million just by fighting conor and that's a huge credit to both people because they both created this persona such that each individual fight is just worth so much and i think it speaks to what you said mazhar where boxers and and ufc fighters get more when they're able to sell a fight themselves and they're getting the money from the sport itself it's not necessarily obviously the endorsements help but they build up this persona to increase the demand and they make so much of their money just from the fight but sorry i didn't mean to break into your uh, corner flow no so krishnan i think this perfect because i would have some i couldn't have summarized it better myself and just to put what you said into perspective conor earned 48 million dollars in 2020 so far at least mm-hmm. as for the forbes list 32 million of that came in salary yeah so from his fights 
um, 16 million dollars in endorsements. So we don't know how much he's. So these, I, I don't think his proper 12 numbers have been taken into consideration in this yet. So he's definitely earning much more. He's definitely making good decisions on the business aspect of things. Um, and just to run through Floyd Mayweather's numbers, firstly, highest ever earner in boxer uh, in boxing. Uh, career earnings of 1.1 billion dollars. Uh, he is. He's just. I mean, his record speaks for itself, right? He's 50 and 0. He hasn't lost a single fight. Uh, I also read an interesting thing where 50 Cent. I know it's not much to go by, but 50 Cent and uh, Connor both claim that McGregor, uh, uh, sorry, Mayweather's almost bankrupt. And even Ali Abdel Aziz, who's one of, Abdel Aziz, who's one of the uh, biggest boxing reporters uh, and combat sports reporters, has also said that he spends his money on women and jewelry and his watch collection. And basically, now he's looking for a fight so that he can make that 300 million and sustain himself again. So I think Mayweather could have easily probably have tripled or quadrupled his values, but his lifestyle has definitely uh, made him suffer a setback in terms of that. So one thing that I would like to say, uh, point out, which I thought was very interesting, we started off with the NBA, we moved on to football. Now these two sports respectively, uh, the top athletes are athletes who made most of their money through endorsements, through sponsorships, and through building different businesses. Then when we started discussing combat sports, where we have boxing and we have the UFC, uh, that is something where athletes have made most, most of their money, money through prize winnings, uh, where, where it was Connor and where it was Mayweather. Now let's jump back to another sport where most of the money is made by a sponsorship. So out here, I'd like to talk about tennis. And we have uh, Roger Federer, who is the all-time greatest. Uh, uh, he, um, his, I, I think in 2019, he was also the Forbes uh, all-time highest earner of that year, where he made $106 million. Uh, most of his money, again, comes via sponsorship. Uh, let it be Mercedes, let it be Rolex. Then his long-time association with Nike came to an end and he moved to Uniqlo. So uh, I think his Rolex per year sponsorship is $15 million. So again, now tennis is a sport where obviously you have some, some of the uh, uh, biggest names. Uh, but again, uh, in tennis as a sport, the amount of money that you make by, by winning tournaments is, is just a part uh, as compared to the amount of money you make via sponsorship. And I think Federer's example is, is just proof of that. What do, you, what do you guys have to say about that? So uh, for Federer, no doubt. And what really struck a chord with me was when I saw his Uniqlo deal. $300 yeah. million dollars in 2018 for 10 years? How old is he? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I think that just really—I I, I had nothing left to say, and I—I I had too much respect for this man. He, firstly, he chooses the right brands, and I think he chooses brands that really define who he is as well. In terms of just everything, simplicity to Uniqlo, yet it's elegance, and that's perfect, Roger class. Federer. He's just class. Exactly, yeah, and that's... and I definitely agree. I and I think, and I'm I'm a sucker for Uniqlo. It's one of my favorite brands, if you can call it a brand, because of the entire concept. So, 
and that's exactly how i think of roger federer as well so yeah i think that is also an interesting thing and i think athletes ignore the fact and sometimes forget what they endorse and that can also backfire on their image federer just does everything correctly rolex like you mentioned shubham no one better to be the brand ambassador for rolex than fed no i completely agree with what you say because for brands whenever you are tying up with an uh, with a, with an athlete who's going to be your face it, it it it's it's a very fine line where both the uh, the qualities and the values of the of the of the brand and the person they have to merge and with federal there's this swiss guy who's always proper very well he conducts himself really well is extremely classy and look at his brands you have rolex you have mercedes so it, it's it's a perfect tie up and it's very interesting uh, what you brought up mazhar in terms of uh, how it, it's very important for the brand and the player and the player the athlete they are they are endorsing to have uh, um, like minded values and uh, whatever outlook uh, because sometimes it can go horribly wrong like for um, now now when we talk about olympics i think we have uh, um, phelps who is who is the leading all time highest honor uh, i do remember that there was this time um, that phelps he had a deal with um, kellogs now kellogs obviously are into conflicts and and their their larger audience are uh young kids and and whatever family people and uh phelps was caught in a video of uh, smoking pot and when he was caught in that video smoking pot he i think for a brief period of time lost the kellogg sponsorship or he completely lost it so like this is how brand associations can have a major role to play but in terms of phelps i would i would like mazhar to dive in a little bit deeper onto it and uh, discuss about phelps and olympics what do you have to say about it so the olympics shubham i feel is obviously you don't earn from the olympics you're doing it for national pride you're doing it for all of that your money comes in from yeah. the sponsors you gain for winning a medal uh, the us is so big the thing is us swimming has a lot of money but swimming as a sport itself is for the rich you're not going to find too many people who are from lower middle class families uh, swimming because it is an expensive sport um so phelps definitely suffered a lot in terms of that but i also feel that he made uh, mistakes that any teenager would i know he has a reputation but it's just sad i, I mean i'm not trying to take sides here but all i'm trying to say is that if he was anyone else he wouldn't get pulled up the way he was getting pulled up for all of this we don't know what he was going through personally he did have a lot of problems he anyway has some sort of disorder and medically proven disorder that's the reason he was put into swimming so uh so anyway apart from that fact i'll just jump into the numbers now to compare how the greatest olympian of all time stands in terms of uh, earnings so Phelps has earned around oh, slightly over sixty million dollars from swimming. Um, his net worth currently is around fifty-five million dollars. Uh, he earns about nine point three million dollars annually. So that's nowhere as compared to let's say any of the other names we've already mentioned, and you've already put in some numbers in perspective, like Ronaldo and. uh corner as well we put into perspective of course federer on 106 last year so there's really no comparison there uh but i i mean it's enough money uh, to live a lavish and good life uh he has 
some great brand still that he is associated with. He's in fact started his own brand as well in swimming. And now he's helping kids develop into the next big swimmer. So he's given giving back to the sport that made him. I like that about him. He's now set up with his family as children, all of that. So he's definitely rectified that and matured. Uh, he has ties, uh, tie-ups with Speedo, Visa, Subway, Wheaties now. So Kellogg's may have gone, but Wheaties has come in. Louis Vuitton, uh, Under Armour, of course, and Omega. So these are just some. And he has many. And whatever said and done, Phelps will always have that special place in American sports, if not world sports, if many people may not consider him whatever. He has a street named after him in his hometown in the US. So I, I think, uh, I, I don't think anyone criticizing Phelps is going to affect him in any sort of way. He also makes a lot of money from his condo that he has uh, back home in Baltimore. And uh, finally, I would really like, I would really like if someone tells him, What's your father's Yeah, that would be a good one. <laughs> but yeah, so just coming back, yeah, the other thing I like about Phelps is he's really involved in charities as well. So, and it's not only for show, it's not for tax saving for sure, um, because he's not earning as much as a, a lot of the other big names are, and he's giving a huge percentage of his earnings to that. So, credit to him, and yeah, uh, I've always been a long time fan of Phelps. And when I actually read up on his charitable work, uh, I, I was just doubly impressed. And I, I think the, the two other things that you brought up, I think one was um, um, him, you know, uh, being in a sport where he came from a rich background and a sport that technically requires, typically has had a little bit of a rich background and number two controversial character, I think flows pretty well into another person, uh, which is Tiger Woods. Um, golf, definitely a sport which is, Frankly, a little bit of a uh, there is a bit, bit of a final financial restriction on playing the sport. It's pretty hard to get memberships to golf courses or even green fees to play golf. Um, and then controversial figure, I think one of the more controversial characters we've discussed on this. Um, obviously went through a pretty um, troubling phase in his life where he where he where he went through a cheating scandal and a lot of endorsements dropped him. So just provide the broad numbers for for Tiger Woods. Um, his 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 net worth is about eight hundred million. But his career earnings are actually uh, 1.7 billion across, you know, including sponsorships with Accenture, American Express, EA Sports, General Motors, and most famously Nike. Um, the crazy thing is when he went through his cheating scandal, a lot of those brands dropped him. And a big reason, I think, for his distinction between his earnings and his net worth is that um, he just had a huge drop in support and sponsorship. Uh, when that happened, but some brands like Nike actually ended up sticking with him and um, it's probably still paying out because he's still a very, very successful athlete. The crazy thing is in golf, it doesn't matter where he is on the leaderboard, everybody is following Tiger Woods and it's an incredible brand he's created for himself that he's completely earned from his, from his golfing, from the golfing perspective. He's been the number one player in the world for the most consecutive weeks, greatest total number of weeks, um, greatest total number of weeks for any golfer in history to be at number one, um, he is an absolute legend. But I want to just quickly bring up a quick point on sports like golf, where the people at the top make a huge chunk, 
And as you start to dwindle down in these individual spots, the guys at the lowest rung don't really make so much. And I think, Muzz, it ties really well into your chart of the distribution. When you look at individual sports like the golf, the tennis, there, there are these three, four people at the top making a whole lot. But because they're not on team contracts, a lot of what they earn is from success. So they have to win tournaments. They have to participate in a lot of tournaments. So as you start to dwindle down to the lowest rungs of guys who are just about competing in ATP tournaments, just about competing in PGA tournaments, they're not making a whole lot. But people like Tiger Woods are, are right at the top. And, and golf is a pretty rich sport. <laughs> and talking now, about rich sports, uh, I think another rich sport is F1. Uh, it, it, is, it is definitely an expensive sport to be a part of, expensive sport to train and then to compete. And the number one is Michael Schumacher, the all-time uh, highest earner in the sport. And uh, Mazar has some good points about him. So, M- Mazar, what's your take on Shumi and how he's made his money? Again, Schumacher comes back to nostalgic days, uh, watching him go at it uh, against uh, Mika Hakkinen, David Poulthard and the likes. And some great memories. And so, Shumi has earned $1 billion through... Formula One. Uh, he ended his career having earned $500 million. And then he doubled that through his sponsorship deals and merchandising deals. Uh, of course, uh, again, was very known to be a maverick even off the uh, circuit. And uh, it's just really sad to see what he's been going through and what his family has to go through with him. Uh, pretty much, uh, I mean, he was in the most dangerous sport, you could say, for eternity. And then to get into a skiing accident and get a Bremen hemorrhage is really sad. Would have loved to have seen him actually see Hamilton win his seventh title uh, live. But anyway, hoping for the best, fingers crossed, and prayers go out to Schumacher and the family. So that, guys, was um, all the athletes that we have um, uh, we have covered in all the different uh, sports we've covered. Uh, so, so that was basically our episode for today. Uh, let us know in the comments below if you've missed out on any sport and who you guys think are the highest earning athletes of those respective sports. Uh, we uh, Please do follow us on all our social media platforms. Today's topic was just highest earners in respective sports. We'll be putting up a post on our social media uh, Instagram handle, All About Sports, the podcast, where we will be uh, covering the highest earners across sports. So do check our uh, Instagram handle where, where you'll get some more information. Uh, like, share, subscribe. You'll know the drill. And we'll be back with another episode next week. If you'll want us to cover any specific topic, let us know in the comments below. And do check out our reels. Our reels are definitely entertaining, if not anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yes, do check them out, guys. We, we post almost every single day. <laughs>